Welcome to the Coaching Lounge. Here you'll be inspired with word and sound. From Spiritual Vibes with Abdullahi Bite to Thinking Skills with Chess Tutor Asante. Let Michael Don reshape your mind with his powerful concept of the mind style. Step into vitality and stop the stress. Prepare to learn your values to live your best. Get connected with your essential self and be encouraged to release your inner wealth. Spread the love with the ripple effect when you step forward to be my guest. In the coaching lounge is where you'll find the motivation to manage through challenging times. Hear compelling words from inspirational guests who will motivate you to accelerate to greater success. Increase your energy as you get into the flow. When you tune into the Coaching Lounge Show. Join me, your host, Rebecca Gordon, in the Coaching Lounge. Get more information at www.satellitelifecoaching.com. My name is Rebecca Gordon, and I'm your host in the Coaching Lounge. Today is very special, not just because it's the 21st of June, which is the summer solstice, but especially because we have a truly inspirational and amazing guest, Marnie Spencer-Devlin, who is here with us in the Coaching Lounge. In today's fascinating interview, Marnie Spencer-Devlin, best-selling author and speaker, is the Authenticity Authority who shares with us the recipe for her massive success. Marnie reveals how she triumphed over adverse situations and how this led to her becoming an author, international speaker and a brilliant coach. Marnie's life story is an absolutely encouraging example of just how adverse situations can lead to greater wonderful possibilities that help us to recognize our strengths and live on purpose. So Marnie, um, welcome to the Coaching Lounge. Thank you so much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, Rebecca. Thanks so much for having me on your show. You're very welcome. And um, you are one of our very distinguished guests. Um, I'll share that I'm reading your book, actually, um, The Iceberg Principles, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but already, you know, in a few chapters into the book, I've been able to share some of the great um, inspirational work um, that you've written with some of my coaching clients. So, you know, just thank you for being you and for giving your energy out and spreading it out into the world and into the universe. So, um, Marnie, one of the things I've come to understand about life is actually, especially through yourself and your other book, Crawling Into the Light, is that it's very important to see the bigger picture. Um, and because we're actually in the midst of terrible situations sometimes, you know, we're in very difficult times, we're going through, you know, adversities, and it can be difficult to understand how what we perceive to be a negative situation can in fact be the catalyst for a new way forward. And I would say that you are actually a very fine example of just that. <laughs> so can you please share with us, how did you get to, to this work, to the work that you're doing now? How did you get here? 
Well, I got there just as you were saying, through adversity. And I actually would go as far as to say that every adversity, no matter how difficult it is, is a catalyst and can be a catalyst if we allow it. Of course, we don't understand what we're going through while we're going through it. That's part of the learning process. When, when you're in it, you don't understand it. And for, for myself, it, it, I certainly did not understand it while I, was, is it while I was in it. And the reason I share my story is because I know there are so many other women in particular, but, but just the human beings in general that are going through some of the things that, that I'm sharing with you. Um, yeah. They're either going through it or they have gone through it and have... It has absolutely stopped them because they didn't understand why am I in this in this terrible situation and and they think that it now defines them, and and they, so they stayed stuck in it when in fact it can be a stepping stone. Now the things that had happened to me is I had a pretty difficult beginnings. Uh, was molested for the first uh, ten years of my life. And and the reason that's that's bad, of course, well, it is, of course, bad. But the reason molestation is such a difficult thing is because it happens to a child during the time that your brain is supposed to be developing concepts for self-esteem, for just to learn that you're a worthwhile, precious being that's here to, to do something with your life. And when that process is interrupted, you really can't form those concepts later on. And you, you, you get abused, you get treated as if you're not worthwhile, and that's the lesson that you take away from. And uh, so with that lesson not learned and that feeling that I'm not very precious, I found myself in a situation I was raped the first time when I was only 12 years old and absolutely tailspinned after that and uh, found myself only comfortable in, in really... Um, a bad crowd. And so at 14, I was raped again. And um, so then at 17, it looked like things were going to look up a little bit. I became a professional model and I, I met a guy that I thought was going to take me away from everything. And uh, he was so proud that, that his young wife was a professional model until he realized that that meant that people were looking at me that other men were looking at me and he became insanely jealous and he cooked up an absolutely diabolical plan and he quite intentionally got me addicted to heroin. Right. So so if I could just interrupt there, Marnie, I mean, from an early age, um, and you've actually shared with us up until the age of 17, still in your teens, you've had all these um, situations occur and experiences. And what you said was very crucial. We actually learn life lessons and we um, set our identity based on the things that happened to us in young age, in a young, young period of our lives. So I'm just interested to know in your teen, in your teen years, when you were going through all of this, I mean, um, looking back now, um, what, what exactly would you say was going on there in terms of, you know, the manifestation of these and, you know, moving through that situation, still in your teens? I'm just wondering in terms of the setting of the identity. Does that make uh, sense? Well, I, I, I certainly was unaware. And I think that's the thing that everyone experiences. When you're in it, you don't know why. You don't understand any of it. I didn't understand any of it. That was my experience of the world. I didn't realize that the world could be any other way. 
that I did have, um, what I experienced was a lack of support and a, a feeling of abandonment and a feeling of uh, looking to any port in the storm for some, for some rescue. And I ended up going to all the wrong ports in the storm and just getting more and more abused. And I think that's what many people, uh, many women particularly, experience that find themselves in those situations. So you, you're just going through the, the ringer and you come out of it and you're yeah. just all punch drunk and then you just run to the next one and you, yes. you make for sugar. Yeah, it's like we're just and reaching out because we want something so we reach out to the immediately available thing that we see that will provide, you know, the immediate comfort, etc. Absolutely. And so you're really just going from the fire to the frying pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you punched again. Yes, 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 yes. And I think it's great to just um, isolate that awareness, you know, so that we can think actually, well, maybe this is what's going on here, you know, if we're in this particular situation. And um, so if you can move forward with the story, please. So you reached 17 and you became addicted to heroin through um, the, the, the hus your, your husband. Exactly. Yes. And, and I did get away from him eventually. Right. Uh, but by the time I got away from him, I was a junkie. The, the reason also, and I do want to mention that about drug addiction, um, the, I was a willing participant, not right from the beginning. In the beginning, I, 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 for, I, I tried to run from it, but um, I was in so much emotional pain from the rapes, from the molestation, that the first time I felt that drug, I felt good. I mean, the drug makes you feel very, very good. And so does anything, any addiction, any form that one ends up choosing um, you know, be it food, be it alcohol, be it whatever fixes it for you at the moment. Mm. Once your brain learns that there is a way to make the pain go away for a little bit, the brain will always steer you towards that. And you find yourself in situations again. And you say, God, how did I get here? Now I'm in, in trouble again. It's the, the brain, it knows there's a way to feel better. And then you will always strive towards that and that's what becomes an addiction and you, you any behavior you do you do over and over and over again becomes a habit and then you end up in trouble and that's what it was with me i was i was running to for the, and then one time my life was in, in the toilet but at the same time i kept running for the drug because the drug made me feel better mm, a short-term fix a yeah. short-term fix it makes it more bearable and of course the more unbearable life becomes the more you want that that Mm. making yourself feel better and that's what makes addiction such a difficult thing i do want to say that, that i am uh, i'm not an addict today addiction is absolutely curable mm. but you have to get out of that pain yes uh, cycle first and but this that is, is definitely possible yes absolutely and this is why your story is such um, a fascination to share with um, the audience um because you and you became a junkie and through that you ended up homeless and went to yes, prison yes i just, I yeah. had to learn to, to live the life that junkies do, that we see on TV, that we see in the movies. I became a criminal. I became a prostitute. And when I couldn't do that anymore, I ended up homeless. And um, when you see homeless people in the street, um, feel compassion because it is an awful, awful existence. And my life became so black all around me that something in me, a little spark lit and said, this you do not deserve. You deserve better than this. And perhaps it was for the first time in my life that something in me said, you deserve something better. Mm. So, so was that the critical point for you then when things yes. changed? Yes. 
Yes, the, the, it has to come from the inside out. You have to have that little glimpse of saying, I deserve better than this. And uh, so for myself, there were legal troubles ahead. And I, I had, um, so I, I faced that. I, I turned myself into the courts and said, I deserve a better life. So I'm going to clean up the old stuff. And of course, I was hoping that the fact that I turned myself in, that I would get just a little slap on the wrist. But um, I was sentenced to two years in prison. Okay. And this was in the States? This was in America, which for right. me was a, a, a foreign country. I'm originally from Germany. So I was absolutely terrified. I did not want to be in, in a foreign country and be in prison. I mean, I think that's the, that's the yes. nicer story everyone Yes, yes. About. Yes. Um, I mean, I will share that um, I've actually just um, recently finished some work working with foreign nationals in a prison and um, female offenders. And, you know, when you hear some of the stories and know that these people are so far from home, you know, thousands of miles away and they're isolated, you know, it, it is um, a very dire situation, you know, to be isolated in a foreign country, you know, the language barriers, etc., you know, suffering or, or having done maybe from minimal to extreme crimes, but, you know, far removed from what can be a comfort, um, which is family, um, associations, etc. So, yes, I, I can understand, you know, the, the, the difficulty and the um, experience that you went through over that time. And what got you through that? I mean, certainly when I've heard the stories of women in prison, um, it would be interesting to know what got you through the two years. The, the first was certainly what we just said, that little spark, that decision that I had come to that I deserved a better life. But, you know, as I was just hearing you speak, Rebecca, it just occurred to me why prison can actually be a good situation. Because uh, remember when I was just saying before, you know, you run from one uh, port in the storm to the next. Yes. In prison, you are isolated and there are no more ports in the storm. Right. So you really are sort of on your own and you, you, you discover your own strengths in that because there's no one there that'll help you anymore and so in a way this can actually be a trans a positively transformative experience um you know i was yeah. i i i went in with the determination that i was going to turn this into my own personal rehab right yes i and even looked at it i thought you know it's very, very similar to military really you know and people go in the military voluntarily and people consider military a, a positive experience uh, sometimes. You know, for young people, you learn some discipline and you learn structure. Yes. And I said, you know, this is how, what I'm going to make this experience into for myself. Yeah. And, so, and I did that. So it's looking at um, what can be perceived as a negative situation and actually seeing what it can give you in terms of goodness and the change that's needed. And um, there is a quote, um, which is, once we make a decision, then the universe conspires to make it happen. And But what you've said is actually we need to decide that we want to change, we want things to be different. And um, that statement, I deserve better than this, is one that we you know, could really proclaim as an affirmation, um, which, is, which is what I'm learning from what you're saying right now. So um, thank you, Marnie, for sharing that. And um, so the, the, the change began. The change began then for, for myself, absolutely. Um, so why, by the time I was released, I really was, so I was sort of a new person. I, and, and I wonder, it, it never really occurred to me until speaking to you right now, uh, Rebecca, so thank you for that. Uh, wondering if it really was from, because you, you're, you're in it, you have to accept what's, what's, you know, you're locked up. There's no other 
other options. There's nothing, you know, for whatever the duration of your sentence is, this is where you are. So fighting is absolutely, uh, it's, it's irrelevant. You can try and fight it, but it's irrelevant. It, you, you can't fight it. So here you are and you kind of come to that, okay, here I am. These are, these are my parameters. What will I, how will I, what will I turn it into? And, and that certainly worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I truly, truly was a new uh, person when I came out. I was transformed. I got a job, got a job in marketing. I really, truly enjoyed that. And um, it turned out I realized that, oh, my God, I'm, I'm smart. <laughs> it occurred to me before. <laughs> so, so, so actually, um, it gave you a chance to really, as you said, find your strengths. Um, you yeah. started your own company. Yes, I did. Two, yeah. three years after after I, I got the job in marketing, I, I started my own company. And uh, truly, uh, I grew with that as well, grew tremendously. You know, when you start your own thing, that's also, it's all on you. It's exactly. on my shoulders. And I I suddenly realized that I had much more strength than I thought I did. Yeah. Can, can I um, just... I um... thought I'd... Yeah, I'm just, I just want to intervene, if that's okay, Marnie. You know, a lot of people I speak to say, actually, you know, I want to become self-employed. I want to start my own business. And um, even in the position of having the resources and the great possibility of doing that, there's this fear of becoming self-employed. But you move from being an offender, you know, being in prison to a few years later, starting your own company. Can I just ask you, you said you discovered your strengths. Can you hone in and just tell us, what particular strengths, and probably we were touching on values here, that were needed for you to move into your entrepreneurship, if that's okay to do, Marnie? That's a very, very good question. You are an excellent interviewer. Oh, thank, thank so you, Marnie. That I go, hmm. Thank you. Uh, that's really brilliant, and it is very important because um, the, the specific strengths I'm talking about are leadership abilities. And coming from where I came from and, and again, running from every port in the storm, thinking that I don't have any personal value, uh, being in a position all of a sudden where people came to me and asked me questions. There were many times when I thought, oh, I don't know. But, of course, that's not something you can tell your employees or you can tell your new clients or you can tell your vendors. So you, you just have to sort of suck it up, shut up, and, and, and assume that leadership position. And it took me some, some time before I realized, hmm, wait, I have this ability. I am a good leader. I, and I grew into it. I sort of grew into it. And, and that really, it was, a, it was a big transformation for me personally to uh, then to look, so, sort of look at myself and, and realize that I had become even stronger still. I, didn't, I really didn't become stronger. I recognized strengths that were already there. Right, and that's important because yes. we actually have that within, which we'll talk about a little bit later, specifically with the iceberg principles. Now, exactly. so, so especially as women, and we are, you know, you're a female, I'm a female, and I, I do say, you know, sometimes is that we, we're there for everyone else, and sometimes we're not there enough for ourselves. But Absolutely. what, yes, as women, it's very important what you said is that we need to step into our strength and believe it <laughs> really yes we undermine ourselves yes yes we undermine ourselves we undermine each other there is women oftentimes yeah. and we undermine ourselves and and that strength is there it's there for everyone but if you don't assume it if you don't step into the role if you believe the lie that you don't have it 
it will never bloom. Mm, fantastic, superb. Marnie, I'm feeling so excited by this interview and I'm really glad that you are online with us in the coaching lounge today. And in fact, you are all the way in Germany. <laughs> yes, and um, it's the 21st of June, which is a summer solstice, the longest day of the year. So it's a very special day. And we're looking at transition. Um, you started your own company, which was what, by the way? What was the company? It was a marketing company. A marketing company. And you yes. had a mansion overlooking the ocean. You know, you were really there in, in the height of, you know, this great and massive success. What was it like? I mean, you're still in success. But for that time, moving through your transition, what was it like? It was mind-blowing to me. It right. really was because the company was very successful. And we had, a, we, I really built the, the company on, on a, on a foundation of respect, respect for our clients, respect for our employees. Um, the first, whatever people came for, for the most part, they all stayed. There are, there are employees there that have been there for, for 20 years and, and are still happy and proud to be there. And they've all gone from kids of having no cars or having beat up cars. And now they have beautiful new cars and houses in the, mm-hmm. you know, on their own homes. And, and I'm proud of Fantas- that. Yeah, and that is, it's yes. helping other people to change their lives as well. Yes. Yes. Great. Yes, it was a wonderful project. And, and it, the company had grown to 70 employees under my leadership. Fantastic. And um, yes, and I became myself very successful and I bought a home overlooking the ocean in Southern California, which had been a, a, a dream. And I, I still pinched myself every day that I had really come there. Now I want listeners to hear this because here we come from having been molested, having been raped, having been a heroin addict, having a criminal record. And here I am now a leader to all these people, a pillar of the community, um, a supporter of the symphony. I mean, there were so many things that came along with that. And I want people to hear that this is, this is possible once you recognize your own strengths. And those are strengths everyone has within them. So really, we need to own up, actually, to the potential that's within. We need to own up to some of the limitations and make the decision to make whatever we want to have happen, happen, because it's absolutely possible that it will happen. Absolutely. Because I didn't even know that even at that time. At the yes. time, I was still... In, in absolute joy and bewilderment that I had gotten this successful. Right. But um, as you know, you've, you've known my story, it didn't, it didn't last. Yes. I, was, I was very successful for 20 years. And so it was a good, good life. And it was a fairy tale, absolutely. And, and then I got sick. Right. I started weak and I got sick. And um, in 2008, I was given a year to live. Wow. And I couldn't work anymore. So I lost the company. I lost the home. I lost all these things and, 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 and a new stage of, of life began. Right, a new stage of life. So what was it like when the doctor said to you, actually, Marnie, you have a year to live? It's, it's absolutely startling. It's shocking. Um, it, there's, there's really not words to describe when you hear that and you think of how fast time travels, how quickly a year passes, and a year is really just sometimes a blink of an eye, especially as an adult. Um, I thought, wow, what am I going to do now? And, um, you know, I sold my home. Um, I, I basically got my affairs in order. Um, and and I, I came, that's when I came uh, back to Germany, where I was originally from, I came to my mom, and I essentially waited to die. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started writing 
and I wrote my first book because I did have this crazy story. And over the years, people had always said, oh, my God, you got to write a book. Mm. And I figured, well, try and make some sense of my life. And that's when I started writing my first book, Crawling Into the Light. So really, we can say that life began because, hey, it's 2014 and you're here. <laughs> I know. It's shocking. I did not die. And it really happened during the writing of this book. As I'm recounting all my experiences one by one, mm. I realized with the, with the benefit of hindsight how much everything had always turned out for the best. Mm. Um, even the, the crazy, the horrible things, becoming homeless, it would seem like that was the worst that could possibly happen. But that was the time when that little spark lit in me that said, you deserve better. And um, then I didn't want to go to prison in a foreign country. I, I cannot explain to you how terrified I was when I was sentenced to two years in prison. I still remember walking through those prison doors and looking down on my T-shirt and my heart was beating so hard. It was hammering in my chest that my T-shirt moved with it visibly on the outside. Wow. wow. I was so terrified. But looking back, without those two years of my own personal rehab, I don't know where I would be if I would have been able to, to stay away from it. I might be dead now. I might be a junkie. I might not have had the life. So everything had always happened for the best. Yes. Yes. And we must and believe that, mustn't we? We must believe that. It was just true. It was, yes. it was hard to, to ignore it anymore. And then I thought, hmm, if everything had always happened for the best and everything had one thing had led to the next and led to the next. And there seemed to be this thread throughout all of it. And, and I thought, well, wait, if every time I thought I was at the finish, I thought I was done, I'm, I'm at the end, and it really became a whole new life, what if this is the, the same thing? Mm -hmm. What if I'm not at the end yet, yet either? Because I cannot believe that this, this universe in which I exist and I suddenly am here, that I got to go through all the things that I got to experience, this horrendous beginnings and this absolutely mind-blowing success, and now it's over. Mm -hmm. Just no reason that didn't make sense to me that was seemed crazy yes. so I said maybe I'm not at the end yet and I started uh, researching holistic healing methodologies and I started uh, regular practice of, of meditation of yoga and um, well here I am and I tell you I feel better than ever today right yes I mean I can really feel your vibrant energy and um, from the yeah, initial I, contact I we've had you. yes Yes. You know, I'm so many years older than I was then, and I feel stronger now than I felt then. Yeah. I'm happier now. But that's when I really had these mind-blowing realizations. Right. And then that's when I had these, um, really in meditation, I had these insights that, that ended up spawning the iceberg principles. Okay. So um, if I can just um, encapsulate what you've said there, Marnie, and just for the audience and actually for myself, a critical um, question we can ask ourselves um, is if everything happens for the best, what's the meaning of this moment? You know, if we are in a difficult situation and, you know, it seems like there's nowhere, no way out. If we consider this to be a catalytic moment for us, what's the meaning which can help us to get through it? Now, you have shared your incredible story in the book called Crawling Into the Light, which is an amazing title. And it's available um, on your website, um, which is www.authenticityauthority.com. Is that correct, Marnie? 
That is correct. It's also available on all the Amazons worldwide. Right. So it's available Amazon UK and Amazon GE and .com and all of them as well. Yes. Okay. So your story is in that book. Relax in the coaching lounge and engage with compelling, motivational speakers. Be prepared to transform your inner world to shape your outer world through empowering discussions. Tune into thecoachinglounge.co.uk now. What I'm going to do now, if that's okay with you, Manya, I just want to um, talk about the second book that you wrote, which is The Iceberg Principles. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a few chapters into that book and I'm really feeling your explanation and your perception and what, what you're sharing with us about consciousness and about love. And one of the light bulb moments for me in reading your book was your expression, how you've actually put across consciousness and love. And what you've written, there's a quote, there's quite a few quotes that I've uh, marked, but one is, our talents are not accidental. Our life purpose is to express them. So um, you've shared with us how you came to your life purpose. If it is that our life purpose is to express our talents and that's not accidental, how does someone become to know or find their life purpose? Well, that's the big question then, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but it really begins by realizing that we are not accidental, that every, if everything happens for a reason, and we, we just said, you know, it really does. Everything happens for a good reason. Things don't just happen willy-nilly. Then we ourselves are also here for a reason. And that was the big realization that I had. And that's the realization that, that we, we must come to. Because I ask people all, all the time, well, what, you know, why are you here? And, and what, most of all, what do you love to do the most? And people have no answer. It's because we don't take ourselves seriously enough. We, don't, we think we're just born and here we are. And uh, what are we going to do with our lives? We you know, live it one way or the other and then we die. And that's it. And nothing is ever different because we were here. But it really doesn't make sense if we, if you look at how sophisticated a creature we are and, and what a sophisticated universe we exist, that, that everything is just accidental and coincidental and, um, and there's no reason or sense behind any of it. I don't think it makes sense when you look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was reading um, one of the chapters and you spoke about the universe and, you know, the mammothness of it and where we are and our place in it, then it's actually, you know, really profound that we're not here accidentally. You know, there is some design to all of this, you know, so that was something I, I really loved reading. We, we, we believe that, that we're just these accidental creatures because of the things that happen to us. We, we grow up and we think that we're not adequate and we have all these, these horrendous life experiences like I was just sharing about mine. And, and everybody has been touched by adversity in some way. And we walk away thinking that we're not important. And, and it really, if we look at the bigger picture, and that's what the iceberg principles are for, is to look at the bigger picture, and you realize that it can't possibly make sense that you would just be this accidental creature. And that's why I wrote the iceberg principles, because it's really just an illustration to, to kind of bring a concept to us who we are as beings. 
And when you look at an iceberg, we, we're all familiar with an iceberg. We know that it's this, this piece of ice bobbing in water and very little of it shows on the surface. And most everything is, is underwater, is invisible. And I, I challenge listeners, take an ice cube and put it in a glass of water and see how very little of ice shows at the surface and how much there is underneath. And the reason I bring this illustration is because I say that we as human beings are very much like that ice cube. What shows on the surface, the surface level part of us is what shows in the mirror. It's your body. It's what shows up. It's your mind. It's everything that's in this physical world, everything that's on the surface. But it's a tiny, tiny part of who we really are. Who we really are, what, what defines us is invisible. Because we're defined by our characteristics. We are defined by our strengths, by our talents, by our personality. All these things are invisible. They're, they're not something that's measurable. They're not something you can put your finger on. But that's what defines us. The surface level stuff is just surface. Um, and God forbid you had an accident tomorrow and you lost an arm. Your surface would be changed. You would look different. But who you really are, your gifts, your talents, they wouldn't be touched. They wouldn't be affected by it because the real you is what's below the surface. Mm -hmm. Your real you, the, un, the invisible part is untouchable. It cannot be harmed. It remains what it is. Mm. And that's what the iceberg principles really means to bring home. commit to helping you accelerate your success through coaching and training. When you work with us, you can expect to have massive achievement in your personal and professional life. Visit www.satellitelifecoachingandtraining.com. Choose your slot for your free discovery coaching session and start your transformation today. We are in the coaching lounge with Marnie Spencer-Devlin and Marnie is sharing with us her amazing and fascinating journey which um, she has written about in the book called Crawling into the Light and we're now um, talking about um, the iceberg principles which is the um, greatness that lies underneath if we're actually using the analogy of an iceberg. Um, and Marnie, um, just to um, just to recount actually what you've said there and what you said earlier, we're talking about isolation and giving ourselves space because it sounds as if the isolation of being in prison for two years and the sort of, perhaps I'm wrong to say, but correct me if I'm wrong, the isolation by um, giving up what you acquired to actually give yourself space to, um, you know, transform yourself through your yoga, etc., and your healing, um, enabled you to sort of like channel through to here. Um, is that fair to say? Yes. Well, sort of. Yes. We do need to separate ourselves, but I think we need to separate ourselves not so much from others, but really we need to bring... It's not so much the separation from others that's important. It's the connection to our own self right. that's important. And that is 
that's of course you, you want to have peace and quiet and be away and that's where meditation really comes in it's to get to know your own self in a way rather than running to others and looking for help in others running to another port in the storm and looking for help from others is to recognize that we ourselves the answers are within ourselves and that connection has to take place so in that sense, it is a, an isolation and a separation from everything else. But of course, many people suffer from this apparent isolation as well. And, and they, they think they feel lonely, they feel separate. Because again, if you look at ourselves, the way we are as human beings, we, we're separated from each other. One, one is never connected. We can hold hands, but we're still separate individuals. But in reality, and there again, that iceberg is such a wonderful analogy, is that on, on, on top, on the surface level, the icebergs are all separate. But underneath it, they are frozen water. Yes, they're individualized water, but they're connected. They're all swimming in the same ocean. They're all swimming together. So we really aren't separate from each other at all. We're really all connected on that, um, on, on that level. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. But we need to get in touch with that part of ourselves in order to feel that connection. Right. So connect, giving ourselves space to connect with who we are, to find Absolutely. out more about ourselves. Can I ask, I mean, um, as um, women, we love, you know, we, we have a lot of love to give. I mean, we all, everyone has a lot of love to give. But I'm just interested to know about women and how we, um, you know, mentioning about your life and from your teenage years and moving along there. Um, in terms of we, we sometimes can be seeking love so much, you know, that we tend to look for love in all the wrong places, maybe. So I just want to touch on in terms of love and, you know, um, intimacy with a partner and how can someone find that love? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's very similar to what I was just uh, what I was just mentioning, Rebecca. That's that isolation that we feel, and we want to love. Really, it's not really we're looking for love. Mm. Rather than giving it out, we're we're looking for love. Right. We're, um, we're because we feel separate and we feel isolated on the surface, and um, and so we're we're looking for the ports in the storm, so to speak. Yes. And, and we're looking to a husband to, to give us, uh, or a partner in general, to give us that, that, that feeling of belonging. But in reality, um, we are, we need to, what we need to find is that connection to ourselves. Right, yes, yes, yes. That, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. There, there is a quote, and I love this quote. <laughs> and I've, used, I've actually shared it with a coaching client. And the quote is, it's from the Iceberg Principles. The quote is, love is impersonal. It becomes personalized through us. Could you expand some more on that, please? Yes, absolutely. Uh, love, that's where, again, I like to reach back to that illustration of the iceberg. Because all these things are so difficult to talk about in, in the subjective world. This is a very abstract terms, But if we're looking at the iceberg underneath it all, it is, it is individualized, uh, it's frozen water, and it's kind of bobbing in this sort of, in this ocean of water. And that's really how it is with the non-dimensional world. We, the, the world where, where um, 
the non-physical world is really is all energy and it's energy vibrating at a certain frequency and the highest frequency of energy is what we call love and out of that is really that everything arises it's at the at the center of an atom and it's it's the life that makes everything um, that keeps everything alive and and that is sort of the energy in which we swim that's the energy out of which we uh, arise and that's sort of that's that's shown by that ocean and we're sort of bobbing in it and we are individualized expressions of that energy so um, through us really is how love comes into the world so we're not so much looking for love we're not so much supposed to be a looking for what can we get from the world, what, what can a partner give us love, but we have to recognize ourselves as centers of, of love, as, as giving it out. Because people are, are lonely and are feeling isolated and are feeling sad because they don't recognize the strength that is within every one of them. Because ultimately, we're here all for a reason, and we're all here to express our individual talents and gifts. But what we're really here to express is love. And we're expressing it through, the, through our individualized talents and gifts. Mm. But our ultimate purpose for existence, I believe, is really is to express that love that we really are. Mm. I am just fascinated and I'm I'm going to enjoy listening back to this show again and again and again um, because that um, how you just explained that you know it's just um, it really does hit home and I think it's lessons for us all to learn you know because life is about learning and it's um, part of the shift in how we can become to be better to be more at one you know just to be um, peaceful and to be happy just by knowing that it's not about um, looking, it's just about being, you know, just be love is, is, is the essence there. So absolutely, people get depressed because they think they need, they feel lonely and they say, oh, I need someone to love me and I have nothing. And I, it's, it's the same. It's not even just relationships. It's, it, it's abundance. It's health. People feel like they're these weak little corks bobbing on the surface when we're connected to something so much bigger, so much greater. People are sitting and, and they're talking about how they're poor and how they're broke and how life is so hard because they have nothing. Yet we all live in this unbelievably abundant universe. And there's so much abundance in nature and so much abundance in the cosmos. There's so much abundance in our own bodies. Our bodies are made of 75 trillion uh, cells that are all working together in absolutely perfect harmony to give us these bodies. And we take all of that for granted. And somehow we think that only with us and with our bank account and with our wallet is where the universe made, a, made an exception. Mm. It doesn't make any sense, yet it seems to make perfect sense to us when we feel that we're broke. Can I ask then, how can we bring more love and good health into our lives? By recognizing, by, by recognizing that connection that we have, by recognizing that, that, uh, that we're connected to something greater and making a conscious contact with that. Right, okay. And that's, again, that's where, that, where that, that illustration helps so much. We realize that we're much more than that little 4% that's bobbing on the surface. We're much more than our bodies and our minds. 
We are the consciousness within. And then that's that we're, we we are all connected to this this great consciousness, and we have so much to give, and we're all here in order to give that. We are the leading edge. We are the way the universe expresses uh, is is through each and every one of us individually, mm. and we all have so much to give. Mm. And people don't realize it. So I ask people, so what, do you, what, what are you here for? What do you love to do? And people are completely cut off. I mean, we take it so much for granted, mm-hmm. and then we feel all lonely and lost. Mm. And um, if life is supposed to be so wonderful, you know, um, and you, you've probably mentioned already, but if life is supposed, supposed to be so wonderful, we ultimately want happiness. You know, what stops us from being happy or what stops us, you know, from uh, moving um, into peace? Why, why is it sometimes that life seems so much such of a struggle? Because we are not aligned with our own strengths. We're looking, uh, you know, uh, as, as children, we, we listen to our parents. They say, OK, in order to get a job, get a job, you know, get an education, get a job that, that pays you good money so that you can have a comfortable life. And our parents mean well when they tell us, but no one ever says, what are you good at? What is it that you love to do the most? Because those are the hints, those are the ideas of what we're meant to be doing on this earth. It's, our, our talents and our gifts are not accidental. They are the things that we are meant to use to express who we are. And when we do that, then we come into alignment with ourselves and then we feel good. When we are not in alignment with ourselves, we feel bad. That's when everything is out of kilter. Mm -hmm. But we have certain things that we're... And, and where people, there's this, this erroneous idea exists in the, in, in the world is find your weaknesses and build those up so that they can become strengths. But nothing could be further from the truth. The weaknesses tell you that that's not your thing. Stay away from the things that you're not any good at because you will never be as good at those things that, you're, that, that your weaknesses are as someone else where that, that, that's their strength. Mm. So stay away from those things. They're not your thing. They make you unhappy when you do them anyway. So don't do them. <laughs> Life's not meant to be that hard. Find the things you're good at and yes. do those. Yes. Because those are going to be the things that you excel at. Right. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. So it's sort of like um, stop moving into struggle, <laughs> you know. <Stop laughs> you know. On stream, don't struggle yes. up against the river. You will just make yourself get get yourself all beat up yeah. and make yourself all weak. And then you look for ports in the storm and you look for someone to support you and help you when you don't need to. Just go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, don't go against the universe. Go with it. It, it does take, um, you know, self trust, doesn't it? And you know, we we know it all starts from the self. So in terms of your um, one of your transitions when you were told you had a year to live and in that year and it's led on to you know thank goodness you know it's led on to many more years of you being here physically to continue sharing the work and you know transmitting the message so in in terms of um your awareness of um what life is about for you what um awareness points came through for you in that time in that year well, that's really, that was the biggest one, really, as, as far as how everything happens for a good reason. 
I mean, here I was, I was very successful, I had a wonderful company, and um, on the surface level, it looks like I lost everything. On the surface level, you could say I lost everything. But that would so not be true because what happened, I would have never on my own given up my company to become an author and a coach and a speaker and help people discover their own strengths. I would have never done that. I was, I was good where I was. I was happy <laughs> where I was. Right. But now I find that it truly did happen for the best. All these crazy things happened. I ended up writing books and I came to this really, this big realization that I had a purpose in this earth. I had a purpose to to put these things into into words and to help others find that they have their strength within them. Mm. In my particular ways, through this concept of this illustration, really, that's all the iceberg principles really are. It's just an illustration to help us bring it to bring the abstract into the to where it's clearer understood. Mm. This is who you are. You are yeah. mostly strength. You are mostly love. You are so, um, you're this, this center of consciousness. And, and to honor your gifts, find the things that you're good at. Mm. Find the strengths. Find the things you love and do those. Mm. And then you will excel at those and you will recognize your strengths. And and because that's what you're here for, you're supposed to share those things that you're good at, and and to bring them to the world, and and then everything turns around. All of a sudden, you're in flow with yes. the universe. you're in flow with the energy, and and it becomes a completely different life. Think big for a moment. If you could create your best life, how would this look? What if in just thirty minutes you had a plan of action to get closer to your dream? Make the impossible possible and claim your free session today. Visit www.satellitelifecoaching.com now. We're here in the coaching lounge with Marnie Spencer-Devlin. And Marnie, you, on your website, um, authenticityauthority.com, um, people can access your free audio books, which you have. Um, and I've actually been looking at, um, you've got a lot of videos actually, and your videos are under the series Aha Moments. And in one of your videos, you mention energetic vibration you bring to your activities has an effect on you. And you were talking about that in terms of, you know, multitasking and doing too much. Um, what strategy do you recommend for us to um, feel better and to, you know, you know, just to use the energy um, in that way that's going to be self-supportive? Well, that's a very good question. Thank you for asking that, Rebecca. Most we have to recognize that we really are energetic beings. I mean, we know that from an, just an atomic level, uh, the molecules, everything is always moving. We are mostly energy. And that's also, again, we're mostly energy and very little uh, physical part of it, actually, solid matter. And to recognize that the energy that we bring to anything is, is um, actually affects what we do when we give it our full attention. We will do a better job than if we give it divided attention. Again, if we do the things that we love to do, there's going to be different energy than if we're doing something we hate. So those are very, very fundamental clarities. And we actually have a wonderful indicator built into us that you know what, what kind of energy you're bringing to the situation. That is simply when you're feeling bad, you're doing it wrong. 
when you're feeling bad, then you're not in alignment with who you are. Then you cannot bring your full energy to the, the task at hand. When you're feeling good, when you're happy, then you are in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. You're in alignment with your strength. And so simply pay attention to how you feel. If you're feeling badly, stop what you're doing because you're not doing the right thing for you. Find the things that you're good at doing and do things that you love and do this as much as you possibly can. And it's a practice, isn't it? Mm. The more we practice at something, the better we become. And when you really become fine-tuned to the way you feel and you start honoring yourself and honoring your feelings and you start doing the things that you love to do and that you're good at and that bring you pleasure and that bring you joy, it, people might say, oh, if everybody just did the things that they love and they would just do the things that they like to do, we would have absolute anarchy. Nothing would ever get done. But nothing could be further from the truth. If everyone would do the things that they are put on this earth to do, which are the things that they love, we would be in a better world. We would bring better energy, not just to our own lives, but we would be, bring better energy to the world around us. And we would, we, we feel, we experience the harmony in, it, in us ourselves and we become happier people. We become nicer people to be around. <laughs> yes, also. right. And it's, it just sets off a whole, a whole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got tremendous respect for you because, you know, your journey, as I've said before, you know, it's um, fascinating, really. You know, you've come from highs, from lows to highs to lows to highs, you know, and you've moved through. And at each step, you've used your experiences just to help you to, you know, to be better. And not just that, to share you know, what you've learned and the awareness points and just to, you know, radiate that out into the world. And you mentioned that in the healing, when you were um, told you had a year to live, that you started to do yoga and meditation. And through the meditation, you were able to really connect and um, be able to write, you know, the messages that, um, you know, you're transmitting now. Can I, and, and actually just to say at this point that you do have a free ebook on meditation and two guided meditations that people can download from the website www.authenticityauthority.com. So listeners can go to that website and read more about you and find out more about your books and the meditation guides. And can I ask Marnie, what is the difference between meditation and mindfulness? Meditation is an actual practice. It's something that you do intentionally and it's to connect with that inner self, with your own strength. And, and th thanks for mentioning that to, to go to my website. There, not only is it a, a, a book, there's also the audio book as well as two meditation practices. Many people have tried meditation. It may not have worked for them. I've sort of devised a strategy that is specific for people that, whose mind wanders an awful lot and who can't find that that connection with them because once you find that connection and you make that a practice your life will will change and you will live a life of mindfulness you will mindfulness is being present in the moment because all we really ever have is this present moment 
unhappiness results when we're worrying about the past and we're thinking about the past or we're regretting what was in the past and we're worrying about what's in the future. But the one place where we spend very little time is this very present moment, this now moment. And that's really the only time we ever have. So mindfulness is, is allows us to, to find the joy in the present moment. You could be eating a wonderful meal, but you're so thinking about what happened yesterday or you're so worried about what's going tomorrow that you're just shoveling the food in your mouth and you never really taste how wonderful it actually tastes. So we miss, we miss the, the beauty and the abundance and the joy that is in every moment when we're always worrying about everything else. And that's where mindfulness comes in. Mindfulness is to be present in this moment, but to arrive at that place is through a, a, a practice of meditation. And meditation isn't, is a decision that you make. It's something, it should well be done uh, early in the morning before your mind gets all going and gets all momentum going. It's difficult to, to have a whole crazy day behind you already and then to try and sit down and be calm and, and to come into the present moment. But if you start a day with the practice of just a few minutes of, of connecting with your own self through a meditative practice, then you have an opportunity to be mindful throughout your day and to enjoy every moment and and be connected to yourself through every moment mm -hmm. as well yes and that is a good practice and discipline that will just become a natural habit um that we do absolutely i tell you every day that i spend that's a good day has that has begun with meditation and whenever i have a day that isn't such a good day where things are kind of going haywire it's, it's always a day when i didn't take the time in the morning and i didn't connect to myself mm, okay and just um before we uh, move in towards winding down now for the program just um you know we've got a worldwide audience you know of, of um people who are listening in to this um, show here um how does one meditate meditation is like clothes not every there's not one size fits all you have to look for the different ones that may work for you the ones that are most um, uh, commonly known are probably uh, focusing in on your breathing now that's not one that always worked for me because I find that I then I try to control my breathing and then I my mind gets and gets running and then I, I can't focus on that I have a meditation practice where I help people focus in on the heartbeat because the heart beats on itself and there's not really anything you control. So you're sort of going to an observer uh, moment and you're, you're just observing your heartbeat. It's difficult to explain in just a few minutes, right? but there's just try the, what, there are so many different ways to meditate yes. and uh, find the one that were, that's the shoe that fits for you. Right. The only thing is, do it. Yes. Do whatever one works for you. It doesn't matter. They're all good because all of them are connecting you to your own self. And that's the essential. Because you're more than your body. You're yes. more than your mind. That chattering thing that's going on in your brain is not who you are. You are the presence within. And when you start connecting to your presence, then you're also connected to your own in to your intuition, to your inner guidance. We all experience 
intuition every now and then, that little gut feeling that says, oh, turn left up there. And most of the time we ignore it and we ignore it to our detriment. <laughs> yes. And that was that little voice in, in, that was telling you something important. But when you have a regular practice of meditation, then you can learn to, turn, to tune in on that guidance and it's there for you all the time. Mm. And it goes beyond just turn left up at the next turn. You really know where you're meant to go. Mm-hmm. And that's about critical life decisions, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. It becomes, you have, we all have inner guidance, but we ignore it because we're not tuned to that, to that voice, to that inner voice, because all we ever hear is the chatter in the head. Mm. And that chatter is not who we are. That has something, is something completely different, has something to do with the survival instinct. That's a surface level voice mm-hmm. that has something to do with keeping us safe that is not yeah. our guidance or it, our guidance is completely different yes i mean it could even be beliefs that we've inherited from family from friends you know the people that are not really ours to hold on to you know which the absolutely voices they have yes. nothing to do with us at all yes just to um reinforce that that um there are two guided meditation practices that um, listeners can download from your website authenticityauthority.com and Marnie um, the wonderful Marnie Spencer Devlin is here with us in the coaching lounge Marnie um, what um, parting awareness points would you really like to hone in on to share with um, our listeners today please well the most important thing is just to realize that you're precious, you exist for a reason, and you deserve, not only, not only do you deserve to feel good, you, you must feel good. Listen to your feelings, honor your feelings, because not only does it make your own life better, it makes the world around you a better place. You are born for a reason, you exist for a reason. Find the things that you love, express them, and watch out because life will become absolutely phenomenal mm. once you start focusing in on yourself. Fantastic. And um, you are available for speaking engagements um, and you reside in the US, um, but you're an international um, speaker. Um, so people can contact you on your website. Excellent. Absolutely. Yes. 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 It's all it's all in there. So thank you very much. Yes. All the even for speaking, there's tabs for everything. Right. OK. So um, thank you, Marnie. It was amazing to interview you. And um, thank you so much. I feel really honored, actually. And, um, you know, it's been a very interesting um, conversation here in the coaching lounge. And we would like to invite you on again, perhaps um, to talk about a little bit more about your um, books and your other work. Um, but thank you for joining us today. The honor and the pleasure was absolutely mine. It was just really, really wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on your valuable show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Welcome to the Coaching Lounge, where you'll be inspired with word and sound. In the Coaching Lounge is where you'll find the motivation to manage through challenging times. Hear compelling words from inspirational guests who will motivate you to accelerate to greater success. Increase your energy as you get into the flow. When you tune into the Coaching Lounge Show. 
Thank you for joining me, your host, Rebecca Gordon, in the Coaching Lounge. Learn more about what we do by visiting www.satellitelifecoaching.com.